How on earth is Wisconsin in the at-large conversation as the number 12 seed in the Big Ten tournament and why Alabama is going to get knocked off in the SEC tournament? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college basketball show out there. I am your host, Andy Patton, joined today by my co-host, Isaac Shade. And this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, Isaac, we are once again continuing our preview of all of the Power Six Conference tournaments. We talked about the ACC, the Big 12, and the Big East on Tuesday's show. Today, we are, of course, talking Big Ten, followed by the Pac-12, closing it out discussing the SEC. We're going to talk about the bubble teams, what they need to do in order to make sure they are on the right side of the bubble on Selection Sunday. We're going to talk about who we think is going to win each of these tournaments. And of course, we're going to make some dark horse predictions as well, teams that maybe people aren't expecting to potentially be in that conversation. So ACC tournament started on Tuesday. The other five all start on Wednesday. So we're getting ahead of it right before the game start. We're going to start the show off Talking about the Big Ten here today, Wednesday's games for the Big Ten, as we've kind of seen from some of the other conferences, not exactly the most exciting (laughs) opening slate. We're talking Nebraska versus Minnesota, Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Not a ton of bubble conversation there, although, as we said, to open up the show, Wisconsin is still considered a bubble team, despite not being a particularly good team, I guess is the easiest way to put that. Uh, Certainly a team uh, down in the lower rankings of the Big Ten standings. Uh, Thursday, you got the winner of Ohio State and Wisconsin versus Iowa. Uh, Ohio State, again, not in the conversation here. Wisconsin potentially in the conversation here. You got Minnesota, Nebraska. The winner of that game will play Maryland. Rutgers versus Michigan. That is an elimination game. Whichever team wins that game is much more likely to find themselves on the right side of the bubble, whereas the team that loses probably going to find themselves in the NIT or else not playing for the rest of the season. (laughs) Penn State versus Illinois is the next one. Penn State needs it much more than Illinois does in terms of making the NCAA tournament. And then we got more games coming up Friday, Saturday. Championship is going to be on Sunday as it is for the Big Ten tournament in the past. Right now, lots of teams already locks in the Big Ten. Purdue, Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern for the second time in school history. They are going to make the big dance. Michigan State. Iowa and Illinois all locks as well. And then you still got a handful of bubble teams, the Big Ten, potentially putting a whole bunch of teams in the big dance. Rutgers, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan are all kind of in that conversation. Isaac, want to turn things over to you and get your thoughts on who might be a potential dark horse team. We know Purdue, Indiana, probably the favorites here, uh, but there's a lot of teams around the equal record here in the Big Ten, a lot of different uh, results we've seen so far in the conference. I'm curious who you think might be a dark horse team to potentially win this thing. Well, first off, congrats to Northwestern, because if they if they had lost to Rutgers on Sunday, instead of being the two seed, literally, they would have been the nine seed. Andy, (laughs) that is befuddling to me, but just speaks to how mid, honestly, Mm -hmm. the Big Ten is. I don't think that speaks to how great it is. Like you and I talked about on Sunday's show, Mm -hmm. this this isn't about the Big Ten being so comparable to the Big 12. I I think they've just been overvalued all season long. But that said, when we look at dark horses, uh, for me, it is the Illinois Illini. Illini. (laughs) Coming in at the seventh seed, this is a team that, to me, all season long, I thought had the talent 
to be the best team in the Big Ten, but mm. just hasn't. They have had roller coaster of a season, but if they could get the consistent version of Matthew Meyer, if they could get incredible mm. version of Terrence Shannon Jr., like they have the pieces to do it. Of course, their first game is against Penn State, who's on this incredibly lucky streak right now with back-to-back game winners from Cam Winter. So, of course, Illinois is actually going to lose in the first game on a, on a Cam Winter uh, buzzer beater or something. Because seriously, Penn State's on the right side of the bubble right now. If they had lost those two games, like if those shots hadn't fallen, they are on the wrong side of the bubble yeah. right now. Yeah. So, of course, Illinois is my dark horse, but Penn State could beat them in mm-hmm. this first game. Uh, and, and that would be huge because Penn State is one of those bubble teams. But I have the Illini as my dark horse. What about for you, Andy? Who's coming out for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Michigan, actually. And Ooh. and they, they don't have a great draw in the bracket. They obviously they have Rutgers, like we talked about. And then they got Purdue right after that. So they, they, they're going to have to beat the Boilermakers, beat Matt Painter's squad if they want to actually make a run here. But kind of similar to the point you made, I think from a talent perspective, Michigan, they have it. There's no debate that they have it. Hunter Dickinson is one of the best players in the entire conference, unquestionably. I mean, a potential All-American caliber contributor to this team. Jed Howard, there's a reason he's being mocked in the lottery for for most NBA drafts right now. He's a fantastic player as well. And then you have Kobe Bufkin. Like, this is three really, really talented players. Now, they've obviously had their warts this year. There is no debate about that. Their two recent losses were absolutely backbreaking for the Wolverines. Even winning one of those games probably puts them in a much better spot on the bubble. Two over Penn State. It's, it's the, the flip. It's exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's complete flip for them. I, I think Michigan's going to come into this tournament angry. I think they're going to come in a little pissed off because of those two games. And I think that there's a chance they make a run. The, the tough part is they got to get by Purdue. If they can do that, which is not an easy task, I think they have a really legitimate chance of playing for a Big Ten championship and really kind of changing the narrative around this team and putting themselves much more safely into the field of 68. Yeah, and how wild that Rutgers has fallen as far as they have to make this first game an elimination game between Michigan and Rutgers. That's hard to believe, but that's where we're at. Well, Andy, what about as we get towards the more uh, probable (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, contestants in the championship game? Who are you looking at there to extend out of the bracket into Sunday's essentially meaningless championship game as we've seen just about year after year leading into the selection show? Yeah, yeah, I, I we could spend a lot more time talking about the pointlessness of playing a Sunday game when the selection Sunday committee just doesn't value it whatsoever. But Unless it's somebody that gets an AQ out of it that wouldn't have exactly. otherwise been in. That's the that's only it. way. But anyway, keep going. Yep, that's the only way. Uh, so I'm actually I, I'm not going as chalk as I thought I might go here in the Big Ten. Uh, again, the Big Ten is the as you alluded to, the difference between the second place team and the ninth place team is really really small. So uh, I don't think chalk is necessarily the way to go. I'm going. Michigan State, Tom Izzo squad versus Indiana for the championship. Ooh. I came very close to picking Purdue. It's obviously the the more logical choice as a team that spent many, many weeks this year as the number one team in the entire country. But Tom Izzo's really, he's proven it in March. And I think that's a really talented team there. They're a tough team. They're a physical team. Uh, they don't necessarily have like the star power that a team like Purdue has, or even the teams like Michigan and Indiana have, but they have a lot of really talented players. And I think there's a chance that they make a run here and, and face Indiana now. If we do get a Michigan State-Indiana championship, uh, I'm going to take Indiana to win it all. I think the Hoosiers have a really good chance of, of being the team that, that hoists that trophy at the end of the Big Ten season. Uh, and for me, if there was a tournament MVP uh, from Indiana, I would take Trace Jackson Davis, obviously a really talented player, really talented team in general for Indiana. But I think Trace Jackson Davis would take that uh, in that situation. What about you? 
I am going to do a little bit more chalk. It, it's funny because it feels like Purdue and Indiana should be the chalkiest mm-hmm. one, too. But again, Northwestern slid into that two exactly. slot. So I guess it's not technically chalk. True. But uh, Indiana, frankly, with all due respect to Northwestern, mm-hmm. is a better basketball team yeah. than Northwestern. And so for me, it is chalk to say Purdue versus Indiana. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have that matchup with Indiana beating the Boilermakers mm-hmm. yet again. We, As we've talked about a lot this season, just – I just don't know that I'm going to be able to trust those guards, the freshman mm-hmm. guards, to hold up throughout a, a tournament type of format in yeah. this offseason. And so give me Indiana, but I think uh, that I'm going to go with Jalen Huchifino, yeah. the other hyphenated three-named dude uh, starring for Indiana, <laughs> to be the MVP of the tournament. Because mm-hmm. while Jay, uh, excuse me, while Trace Jackson Davis is so good and soul and the MVP of that team, Jalen Huchifino, I think, has a higher ceiling and is more talented. And so I think just one of those where he rises to the occasion and does it similar to that last matchup with Purdue. By the way, Wisconsin is going to lose to Ohio State in the opening round and their bubble hopes will be done. I just am sick and tired of this team that's like we're, we're like 78th in the net as of this recording. Yeah, this why? Team, Yikes. Come on. Come on. Anyway. That's the Big Ten. We both think it'll be Indiana that is punching that ticket. And it'll be really interesting to see what that would do for their seeding as a probably either two or three as we get into Sunday. Now, Andy, if you're an Arizona school in the Pac-12 or a Los Angeles school in the Pac-12, congrats to you because you are either a lock or a bubble team. If you are outside of the L.A. vicinity or you're not in Arizona and you're in the Pac-12, I'm sorry, your hope is not hopeful unless you win this whole blessed Pac-12 tournament. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by our partners at FanDuel. We are just past the point of the midway of the NBA season, and now then is the perfect time to download. I'm just not saying words good, Andy, to download the FanDuel app, which is America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now because it's safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to how many games Russ Westbrook will win for the rest of his life. (laughs) Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on once again that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn all about it make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba Andy, we turn our attention from the Midwest out to the West Coast in the Pac-12 tournament. And this is super fun because you have been in Las Vegas for Mm -hmm. the WCC tournament and you're just sticking around for the Pac-12. And so really excited to get some firsthand accounts from you as this week continues to unfold as to what happens, which starts today with, again, this whole cluster of eight teams that just frankly, let's not even talk about them. That's Washington, (laughs) Colorado, Washington State. Cal, Utah, Stanford, Arizona State, Oregon State. If anyone was to come out of there and make some noise, I could see maybe Utah or more Mm -hmm. so Arizona State. But let's be honest, Andy. The only two locks in this conference right now are Arizona and UCLA. And I might, 
I might be willing to go ahead and put USC in as a lock, but they cannot lose to Arizona State or Oregon State on mm-hmm. Thursday in their first game. Now, Arizona State, they, to me, are really bubbly and have a great opportunity to get in. Obviously, they got to get past Oregon State, but if they could beat USC, that actually might be an elimination game. I feel like mm-hmm. USC's maybe firmly enough in to get past that, but I just, I just don't know you know, like what the selection committee's thinking. So that is maybe the most intriguing tournament matchup uh, of the NCAA tournament matchup of the Pac-12 is Arizona State versus USC on Thursday. Now, Oregon, yeah, they're in, they're kind of like outside the bubble conversation, but right there, probably in that next four. So they have the opportunity to make some noise, obviously got to beat Wazoo or Cal on Thursday. But then if the Ducks could knock off UCLA on Friday, that might be enough to do it. But Andy, here's where I'm going to pass it to you. I do not see a world in which UCLA does not race to this championship, and I do not see a world in which Arizona does not race to this championship. Am I dumb? Tell me why. (laughs) No, you're not dumb. It's hard to imagine anybody upsetting UCLA, even with Jalen Clark injury was recently announced as we're recording this here that uh, Jalen Clark is not going to participate in the PAC 12 tournament. That's a tough loss it is. for Mick Cronin's team. Like I don't, I don't think that it, we can't overstate that enough. It is a really, really tough loss to lose Jalen Clark for UCLA. They still have Jaime Hawkins. They still have Adem Bona. They still have Amari Bailey. This is still a really, really talented team. Top to bottom. And my man, Tyga. Don't forget. And, Tyga. Yes, of course. Tyga Campbell. Yeah. I didn't even that mention hair. Him. It's the best hair in college basketball. We can't forget it. Absolutely. (laughs) I think UCLA and Arizona are the two best teams in the conference by a tremendous amount, more than any other conference, power conference, more than even a lot of mid-major conferences. Like this team is – this conference is so, so top-heavy. Picking a dark horse candidate to to make a deep run out of this conference is is tough. I don't think that most other conferences, the three seed, would be considered a dark horse. But USC is kind of the only team that I think – really has the horses to potentially pull an upset here. Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson are both fantastic. They're veteran guys. They've been around for a long time, both averaging over 14 points per game, both shooting more than 36% from deep. I think if you have a game where those guys go off, shoot really well from beyond the arc, uh, they're a good defensive team. I, I think there's a possibility that they make a deep run. But again, the fact that we're barely willing to consider the third seed in the Pac-12 as potentially being able to win the conference just shows you how absolutely dominant these top two teams have been i'm with you my my dark horse is going to be the four seed the oregon ducks and so that's as dark as we're willing to get Mm -hmm. on this thing like if this was the dark web we'd Mm -hmm. only be going to like (laughs) some espn off offshoot site we wouldn't even be able to get into the legit dark web that's that's what we're talking about here so again i do not see of all the power six conferences this is the one where i can't see anyone outside of UCLA or Arizona winning it. So give me Oregon. I I just feel like, you know, they have some pedigree. They have some athletes. They got some dudes to be able to do it, but we'll have to see. Because ultimately, as we look at our championship participants, I mean, you know, Pac-12 has recently released their their – all turn they're all conference teams you got the player of the year in Jaime Hawkins you got yeah. the defensive player in the year in Jalen Clark who obviously yeah. as you said we found out on Tuesday would not be participating in this and mm-hmm. by the way let me pause and say I don't think we're going to get official word from UCLA about mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament as to the extent of it because yeah. why would you reveal that and hurt your seating or other thing like that we think no back chance. to 
like uh, Cincinnati all those years ago. Yeah. Right. And uh, like basically hurt their number one seed opportunity. So I think Mick Cronin and UCLA is going to play this close to the vest. Obviously they've said he won't be in the conference tournament, but mm-hmm. I don't think we get any sort of official statement because you don't have to right. in the NCAA. Now that's a whole other conversation. I think the NCAA should instill that, but whatever <laughs> that said, UCLA, Arizona, that's my championship matchup with UCLA winning this whole thing. And how could I have anyone other than Jaime Jaquez as mm-hmm. my MVP? I mean, sure. I mean, you got all these dudes you talked about. A dumb bonus. Yeah. I, I said they've got the player of the year, the defensive player of the year. They got the freshman of the year yeah. and a dumb bonus. So just Mick Cronin has it rolling. I think I might be taller than him. Anyway, Andy, who is your championship pick for the Pac-12? Well, and it's news that will shock nobody. I'm picking UCLA versus Arizona for the championship game. I think I would be quite surprised if we saw any other two teams, uh, any other team at all in that championship game. These two teams are just so far ahead of everybody else. Uh, but I'm going to take Arizona. These two teams split Ooh. in the regular season. Uh, it was Both games were fairly close. UCLA, I think, won by nine. The second time they played, Arizona won by six. The first time they played, I do think UCLA at full strength is the health is the better team, but they're not at full strength. And they're still have only going to have played a handful of games without Jalen Clark. You're still kind of figuring out who's going to step into that role. How are we going to handle this stuff? And again, he's a defensive player of the year, so that's where you're losing impact is on the defensive end of the floor. Arizona's not a great defensive team, but boy, howdy, are they a good offensive team? They can score with anybody in the entire country. Azulis Tabellis, Umar Balo uh, in the front court is absolutely dominant. Uh, Kirk Kreisa has been a little bit inconsistent, but when he's on, he's been fantastic. Courtney Ramey was a really nice addition for Tommy Lloyd's team as well. And I think I think Arizona's going to take the rubber match here. They're going to win the Pac-12 tournament, uh, help themselves from a seeding perspective. It's not great for my Zags, quite honestly, because I think that that maybe cur- curtails their chances of getting a two-seed if Arizona makes this kind of run. Uh, but I think... I think they're going to do it. I think Azulis Tubelas is going to be the guy holding that Pac-12 MVP, tournament MVP trophy, because I think he's going to have a really, really big game against UCLA in that championship, assuming this is the matchup we see, which is what we're assuming. Now, Andy, that what you've just talked about, I have two questions for you. Hit me. If Jalen Clark was playing in this tournament, would mm-hmm. you have UCLA winning it? Like, is that is that what t- pushes you to Arizona? Yes, I think that I would. I think that that's a big enough difference for me that that's, that's going to swing who I pick to, to win this game. Okay, question number two. On Monday's show, you and I talked about UCLA. We think they right now are the mm. team that projects to be that fourth number one yep. seed with Purdue and Texas trailing just behind. Mm-hmm. If Arizona beats UCLA in the final, let's say UCLA makes it to the tournament final, and given what, who knows what the selection committee will take into account with Jalen Clark's injury, is mm-hmm. UCLA still a one seed if they don't win this conference tournament championship? I would say no. It depends what happens with Purdue. If you know, if all my predictions come true and Purdue loses to Michigan State, then that's probably not going to help their odds at all. So Purdue's probably out in that situation. In that case, UCLA could take it. I think Texas has a and again in this situation, if UCLA and Purdue both lose in their conference tournaments in Texas makes it to the Big 12 championship. Even if they lose, if they make it that far, I think there's a real chance that they could steal that final number one spot. I still lean UCLA, but again, if they lose here and they're missing Jalen Clark, I could see them getting bumped down to a two seed. Really interesting conversation. And that makes part of uh, what this week is all about so fun because there are still opportunities for teams to shift around both at the top and on the bubble. Well, Isaac, if you had said in January that Kentucky could win the SEC tournament over Alabama, you would have been called 
I don't even want to say the words that you would have been called for making that prediction in January. No, say it. Call me whatever you want, Andy. <laughs> that could well be the case, though, as the SEC tournament gets underway this week. All right, Isaac, let's talk SEC tournament preview. We got, once again, the Wednesday games not giving us a whole lot of excitement. Ole Miss versus South Carolina is the 12 versus 13 matchup. LSU, a shockingly bad team this season they are taking on georgia in the second game on wednesday then we get into the more exciting games more bubbly games that we're going to see on thursday mississippi state versus florida Uh, bulldogs absolutely need that one if they want to hold on to their very precarious spot currently on the bubble then you get the winner of Ole Miss South Carolina against Tennessee you get Arkansas versus Auburn that's going to be an extremely fun game and not a game where I expected it to be a 10 seed versus a 7 seed that is kind of shocking to see uh, for those two teams Vanderbilt will take the winner of LSU and Georgia to close out that day you get to the quarterfinals on Friday of course then you get to the championship also on Sunday another championship that takes place right before selection Sunday that conversation we can perhaps save for another time about why that ends up happening the sec's already got six teams pretty much locked into spots for the big dance of course alabama tennessee kentucky we know them texas a&m who earned that two seed in the sec arkansas and missouri they're all going to make the big dance bubble teams auburn kind of a bubble team maybe not a bubble team uh, certainly win, yeah yeah certainly a, a loss to arkansas in the first round wouldn't help them but it also doesn't kill them all that much so i think that their bubble chances are, are pretty good right now mississippi state's on the bubble vanderbilt shout out jerry stackhouse and vanderbilt and this and the job that they have done in the, towards the end of the season in the sec to put themselves into that bubble conversation i think they're only barely there and i think it would take a pretty surprising run in the tournament but hey the fact that they're even in that conversation is a really big testament to what that program has been able to do isaac we have the same dark horse pick here i think it's understandable considering where they are seated and what how dangerous this team is but i'd love to hear your thoughts on your dark horse pick for the sec tournament champion yeah well first off the only reason to watch on wednesday really is gg jackson Uh, it was a a projected lottery pick maybe kind of falling Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll have to see what happens this summer in the lead up but that's the only reason really to tune in on wednesday bummer that that's probably the final game we'll get to see him in college so make sure you check that out on wednesday as for a dark horse pick Mm -hmm. uh it's got to be arkansas for me they they are the team that let's let's go back to preseason pre nick smith jr injury Mm -hmm. this is a top five team for most people preseason and here they are not even top five in their conference tournament. They are 10th in the SEC <laughs> conference tournament. And part of that is because they haven't had Nick Smith most yeah. of this season. But, man, uh, they, they have the talent. I know they, too, have suffered some injuries outside of Nick Smith throughout mm-hmm. the season, and so that certainly plays into it. But, man, I think they have the capability. And when you look at their path, Auburn, I mean, as, as long as Arkansas is able to get two baskets, they might be able to win that game four to nothing. And then you move on to Texas A&M which has just kind of flown under the radar all this year. Got a, you know, mm. I mean, it just is what it is. But here they are as the two seed in the SEC, but it doesn't really, frankly, scare me all that much yeah. if I'm Eric Musselman and crew. And so I feel like I could pretty easily work my way to the semifinals if I'm Arkansas. Mm. And while we both think that Kentucky is peaking at the right time, yeah, they've still been inconsistent. Andy, they lost at home just mm-hmm. a week or so ago. And so... Yeah. I, I see a legit path for Arkansas to make it to the championship game. And once you get there, we talked about it on Monday, but Alabama has not been the same mm-hmm. since the Brandon Miller news broke. And so both because of who they've got on the roster and how this bracket breaks down in front of them, 
I can see Arkansas legitimately coming out of that 10 spot to win this thing. And remember, they are already safely in the tournament, mm-hmm. but they're a dark horse because they're a 10 seed. What about you? Well, not only do I have Arkansas as my dark horse pick, I got to win the whole dang thing. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think that's a, a, one of my bolder statements that I've made on the show, but I'm happy to happy to back it up. I think uh, Arkansas absolutely has the horses to do this. Nick Smith being back is fan. I mean, he's only played 12 games. He's only played 12 games with this team. So they're still really kind of trying to figure out what he can do, where he contributes. You know, he's played about 25 minutes a game. They've kind of kept him back a little bit, understandably so, I think. Uh, but but him getting going, you watch, you just watch their game. I watched the game against Kentucky, and, like, he's such a difference maker on both ends of the floor, his ability to go get a bucket, his ability to stretch the defense, kind of force them uh, to pay a lot more attention to him. That's just not the kind of thing that, that Arkansas really had. Anthony Black is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's absolutely fantastic. But I think that him and Smith creates, like, a really, really difficult, situation for opposing defenses and then and then you factor in ricky council the fourth and like you're talking about three really really dynamic guards i mean council's averaging 16 and a half points per game uh, he's been a huge difference maker for the hogs and i think you look at that yes the injury to trevin brazil early in the season really really hurt them he only we played wouldn't nine be talking, games. they would not be the 10 seed if he was no. still Plan. No, yeah. not even close. They'd probably be a three or four seed, quite honestly. If him and Smith were healthy, I mean, there was a reason they were a top five team before the season started. Like, this is a, a fantastic program, a fantastic team. And, and I think, like you said, there's a there's a clear path for them to make a deep run from the 10 spot uh, on their side of the bracket in the SEC tournament. And I got them facing Alabama in the championship game. And I got them winning it. I honestly do. I, I think there's a there's a there's a real possibility here that Arkansas runs through this thing. Uh, I'd be really curious what that would do to them from a seeding perspective, because uh, right now, you know, they they're they're getting respect. They're they're in the tournament field, but are they going to? I mean, how far could they jump up from winning this? I mean, they would they would add a handful of quad one wins to their resume if they were able to make this run. So for me, I got Arkansas versus Bama in the championship. I got Arkansas pulling off the stunning major, huge upset. Uh, and I got Anthony black winning that tournament MVP. That it's is a fun so, one, right? <laughs> that is fun. Andy. I love that for me uh, in terms of the championship, I am going Kentucky versus Alabama. Now, because of what I just said about Alabama not being the same ever since the, the Brandon Miller news has come out. Remember, they're, yes, three and one, but it's been, they had a monumental comeback to beat Auburn, mm-hmm. two close other games, and then fell uh, at Texas AM on Saturday. And so I really was like, I, I don't want to pick them to the championship game. But when I look at what else is in the top half of this bracket, Andy, there's just nobody I trust. I mean, at yeah. this point, you would call Tennessee a dark horse because they're the five <laughs> seed and they don't have Zakai Ziegler, the one yeah. consistent guy. Um, and the guy that should be their best shot maker this season is making shots at UNC Asheville and mm-hmm. you see them in the tournament. And so uh, they just don't have anyone that can do that. And so for me, I, I just don't see anyone beating Alabama before that championship. And then on the bottom half, Kentucky, again, has been playing perhaps the best basketball in the SEC right now. I think there are more talented teams on the bottom half of that bracket than the top. Um, but the way they're going, it's typical John Calipari, right? Where it just, they're they're peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big part of the question, though, is, is Cason Wallace healthy? Yeah. Um, they were able to figure it out even without him this weekend, this past weekend. And so um, if if he is healthy and ready to go, and keep in mind, they're also without Severe Wheeler lately, mm-hmm. um, then I think Kentucky can win this thing. 
even if he's not healthy, we've seen them this past week get it mm-hmm. figured out. And so I know Antonio Reeves just went off yeah. this weekend. And so maybe him. But this is a moment where I think experience really matters. And so I'm actually going to have reigning national player of the year who won't win it this year. But mm-hmm. I think he will be the conference MVP if yeah. Kaysen Wallace isn't healthy. Give me Oscar Shibwe mm-hmm. and the Kentucky Wildcats to win this whole SEC tournament. Andy. Hard to believe it. That wraps up the yeah. Power Six uh, previews. If you didn't hear the uh, ACC, Big 12, and Big on Tuesday, please go back and mm-hmm. listen to that one. By the way, coming up today on Wednesday, we get to punch three more tickets yeah. to the dance, the Big Sky, the Patriot League, and the Southland. So make sure you tune in for those. But, boy, it is a heavy day of yes. the big conferences coming in. And so lots of great stuff as we move just days until Selection Sunday. So, folks, make sure you give us a review on iTunes. It really helps spread the news of the show. It is unbelievable. We have been overwhelmed at how quickly you have found us. uh, And, boy, what a great time to be doing it. So keep on tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, like, and comment. And, again, we want to hear your picks and predictions on all these conference tournaments. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. And until tomorrow, peace.